from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I open up my phone, Twitter app, and I'm scrolling a little bit, and all of a sudden I see this, I see John Wall kind of kind of trending over this podcast he did uh, with a, a Theo group, Pinson. Theo Pinson's group called Title League. This is that's his podcast. It's a it's a wide ranging conversation with John Wall, um, who came out of this area. I did, it's funny. I did two podcast episodes of Brief History of Triangle Sports last summer, and John Wall was either the focal point or tied to the point of said podcast. So Wall's impact on triangle basketball is pretty significant for a guy who didn't go to a triangle basketball school, even if NC State, Duke, and North Carolina were interested in John Wall at that time. Ends up at Kentucky. So this uh, this podcast, the podcast clips start coming out, and here's this this snippet where he explains why he was he was really hyped about going to Carolina, but Tyler Hansborough, one of the greatest Tar Heels of all time, didn't give him time. I wanted to go to Carolina. That's my dream school. Tell you the story about that. A lot of people don't know that. They was the only one that could have got me not to go play for Coach Cal. Because my, my mom had got sick, had an aneurysm in her head, so she had to shave half her head ball. So I'm like, man, I can't leave home. Like, I got to stay close. That's my best friend. And they was like, NC State didn't. Carolina already f***ed up, so I was going to go to NC State. If I was going to do it, but I'm like, man, I can't go to school from here to the to the refrigerator. I ain't going to never be on campus. I'm going to be at home with, the, with my guys. So I go on a visit. Ty Lawson them there. Tyler Hansberg got his own section. Him and like homeboys. I'm a little recruit. I walk up and say, what up? He said, I don't talk to recruits. I was like, f*** you. I ain't never, I ain't come here. That was that f***ed it up right there. You might need to smack Tyler Ambrose. No, dead shit. I really went up to shake his hand. You know, he, he national player of the year, just won a championship <laughs> today. I'm like, damn, I want to talk to Tyler Ambrose. He like, you from North Carolina, you watching Tyler Ambrose. He like, this a star. Like, to us, oh, like, star. Man, he was, I, I was seeing Ed Coda, you know what I mean? All them come through there. Raymond Fell, and I'm like, I get to meet Ty Lawson and Tyler Ambrose. I'm like, this is a dream come true for me. Dream school I loved growing up. He did that. And I was like, I got something for him. All right, so that's John Wall on a podcast called Title League. Theo Pinson, Carolina guy, on this podcast. And this is where we start getting in the old category. Here's Tyler Hansborough's response, by the way, because there's a, there's a lot of layers to this onion that we can peel. Tyler Hansborough got on Twitter last night and said, the story John Wall told Theo Pinson did not happen, 100% false. I'm sure the Bank of Calipari had nothing to do with him going to Kentucky. Okay, put a pin in that because, like I said, there's layers to this. Let's start with the most hilarious part. (laughs) He didn't want to go to NC State because it was too close to home, as though going to Chapel Hill is... That's the Outer Banks Ferry. (laughs) Like, what? Like, Like, man, I can't go to State. I mean, that's really close to home. How far do you think Chapel Hill is? I get it's a different city, but we're talking thirty mile. We're talking thirty minutes in the car. Your boys can't hang out with you in Chapel Hill. They're not gonna make the car trip. <laughs> I mean, I get the ITB oxygen levels run low for some people, but come on now. Anyway, I'm also I not that was sure about the Carolina was his favorite team growing yeah. up part. So I listened to some more of this yeah. podcast. Not that not that he didn't. 
like those point guards, and and that's the position he plays. Yes, and how would he not be interested in playing that position there? But I, I'm not sold on Carolina was his favorite team growing up. So here's the thing: not that State was. I'm just yeah. <sighs> There's a little bit of Russell Wilson to John Wall to John Wall. Sure. The, like, but I, th- I think that's true of any athlete, by the way, and their origin stories. It's just how far do you want to believe the myth that you've created in your head, and how how big do you want to make it? So I think there's a little element of that. So there's that. There's there's issue number one. Can I just interject here before you get to some of these other points? Yes. You know, one of the reasons that he, he left Broughton, he was at Broughton. Yes. He was at Garner High School playing for Eddie Gray. Mm-hmm. Then he got I either got reassigned or ended up at Broughton, and he left Broughton because he didn't want to run the mile. Do you? Do you know what every player at North Carolina is required to do? Run the mile. Run that's the mile. where that's where Jeff Farrell at Broughton got it from. Yeah. So I, again, again, I'm just there's a little I'm, bit. There's a I'm little not bit. Sa- I'm not saying this particular incident didn't happen. Which, for the record, Tyler Hansborough saying didn't happen. Mm. I'm just saying okay. I think we're getting a little okay. All right, now let's get to Tyler Hansborough. Yes. He tweets out, story John Wall told Theo Pinson did not happen, 100% false. I'm sure the bag of Calipari had nothing to do uh, with him going to Kentucky. Yeah, the addendum there. Um, This is why the, Tyler Hansborough's response is the exact reason why a lot of people cannot freaking stand UNC. Because there is a lack of self-awareness. Tyler, do, hmm, what classes did you take, dude? Well, one of them was Swahili. Okay. What was that a big part of in, oh, I don't know, the last 10 years of talking about UNC basketball? Yeah. And Roy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and do we want to talk about your mom? Do we want to talk? Do we want to bring that there up? does seem to be some amnesia there. But, yeah. again, okay. I, I just. But that's the game. That's that's the game. There is some amnesia on all sides. On all right? sides here. And that and that's the, that's the game. And if we recognize the game. Well, then you should recognize the game, too, and not be like, Psh, well, we know why you went to Kentucky, buddy. We also, don't want to do this. Roy straight up said that he wouldn't deal with Brian Clifton, who was his there was coach that too. and handler. There was that, too. So, there was that, too. Of course, Baylor hired Brian Clifton. Of course. And didn't get him. They didn't get him at all. So right. it's, yeah, it is what it is. You know. These are things that happen. It's an interesting game, man. But here's. But NIL is really the end of college basketball, Joe. That, that's really where it broke. Right, right. <laughs> But here's here's the part that really got me though. Theo freaking Pinson is part of this podcast. Theo Pinson's a Carolina oh, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Did Theo Pinson never hear the story? Well, I mean, it would have been what six, seven years later. Aha! Which gets to my larger point. We got these two dudes beefing about things that happened 13 years ago. This would be the equivalent of what? Let's say John Wall and Tyler Hasbro are on campus and they're chopping it up and somebody comes in and goes, hey, man, did you hear about that time? That would be the equivalent of what? What year would we have to go back to? 1998? From 10? From yeah. 20, yeah. 1997, 98, right? So what would be the equivalent of, of that? Like, give me no, two huge yeah, the only thing I can college think of basketball guys. Would be, remember, Jay Williams from New Jersey. Yeah. Did legitimately grow up a Carolina fan <laughs> and wanted to go to Carolina, but they didn't prioritize him in that class and he ended up going to duke and then basically urinating on carolina every single time time. he played every time it would be yeah so it would be the equivalent of jay williams spinning a yard about man i I went i was gonna go to carolina i was gonna go to carolina but antoine jameson just like didn't give me the time of day and these guys like tyler hansborough and john wall be like man the 90s right which then got me to think even further 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what would have been the equivalent when whoa. we were at school? <laughs> whoa. That's when we were in school. So you and I are talking about some recruiting stuff, bringing up Jay Williams, uh, sticking it to Carolina, chess club, yeah. and all this other stuff. Me going, oh, crap, wait. Jillio and I are telling stories about the 90s in the same way that we would hear stories about, I don't know, David Thompson's recruitment. And paved roads. And Kansas State grads who worked for the NCAA. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I told you, world. Are we? I am. I don't know what your story is. That hurts. It hurts. I do like it when you come around to my side. It, phys- it physically <laughs> hurts to be like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> it's like y'all. Do you guys not understand how big of a deal it was for Tyler Hansborough to be jumping off a fraternity balcony into a pool? That was huge. It was a controversy, and there's a bunch of people going out there going, what are you talking about? Oh, God. I've been doing this too long. Am I? Are we the old dudes in the press box now? Correct. So when, when I've tried to tell you this. So when we show up to stuff, <laughs> do the youngins go, oh, man, look at these two jabronis. Correct. These old guys, they're out of touch. What the hell? Oh, here they go on again talking about how things used to be. Are we those people? Mm-hmm. Tell us another Chuck Amato story. Uh, oh, here go Julio Novius talking about Russell Wilson again. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to take a break. Take a knee. I'm going to have to process this. This is very, very painful for me. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. Well, hook up with Wes Durham in about five minutes, ACC Network ESPN, on an interesting night of ACC hoops, setting up for an interesting Saturday of college basketball here in the Triangle. You got Miami coming to Cameron Indoor Stadium, taking on Duke, and then NC State and Carolina in Chapel Hill. The Wolfpack have certainly turned it around from last season, and they're doing it, Gilio, as you mentioned, in, in a way that we're used to seeing in ACC play. Guard play has been great. North Carolina is exactly where they were last year, and there's definitely some positives to take away from how they've gotten to this point. Hubert Davis developing a little bit more depth rather than going to his guys in crucial situations in the tournament like we saw last year, but it paid off like Puff Johnson and the like. But there's one real consistency that would be alarming for Carolina fans, and that is Caleb Love's roller coaster. Break out the Ohio players because we're back there. It's on the love roller coaster. He's been in a shooting funk, much like his freshman season. He did not have a great night last night. But I do think that Hubert Davis is trying to, like, love him up a little bit and point to other things that Caleb Love has been doing well. And you know how I feel about this. Sometimes if the offense can just go through Caleb Love, things will be fine. And that's part of their big three playing at a level that they need to play at. As long as the offense, I think there's one consistency with the Tar Heels that they need to get and continue to do, and that's go through Armando Baycott. He's the garbage man, but their offense really looks a lot better when they're going through him more than than just jacking up shots, which they have not been good at. 
Armando could really feast on Saturday. E.B. Duana didn't play in Atlanta last night for mm-hmm. NC State. Could see Dusan Mahorsic by Saturday. Could. Um, but, yeah, D.J. Burns ended up playing 35 minutes last night, and that's too much. That's too much that's, of the big guy. Yeah, that is too much of D.J. Burns. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, – we'll talk more about this with West Durham in a few. To the NFL, where the Carolina Panthers coaching search has taken some interesting turns as of late. Uh, the latest news comes from Adam Schefter and some other spots, but the, Adam Schefter was the first one that I saw report this, that Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, is going to interview for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. There's a connection there. Like all things Buffalo Bills and Carolina Panthers, there is some sort of connection. Dorsey was with the Carolina Panthers uh, before taking that offensive coordinator position with Sean McDermott in Buffalo. Cool, whatever. I get that uh, Dorsey might be a a name to keep an eye on uh, with his work with Josh Allen. But as we talked about with Vashti Hurt earlier, you're not bringing Josh Allen with you. And that gets back to a central issue with the Carolina Panthers. What are you trying to build? What do you have? Which gets us to the other coaching speculation, and that's around Sean Payton, the New Orleans coach who's still under contract that's going to require some sort of compensation to the New Orleans Saints to get him. And I'm sorry, but the ninth-round pick in the draft is not something that you would want to part with to get Sean Payton. I'm not saying that Sean Payton isn't a good coach, But I feel like this is just another example of David Tepper getting caught up in the shiny object, the thing that is desirable, the thing that other people want. It's not necessarily having an original idea. I understand that the NFL is filled with not a lot of original ideas. Somebody is successful one way. Everybody else wants to copy it. They look at who's left in the playoff. Well, they're all offensive coordinators who have turned head coaches. Or... Look at Mike McDaniel. Look at Sean McVay. We need to shed next Sean McVay. Or never forget the time that, hey, were you on Bill Belichick's staff at one point in time? (laughs) Were you the special teams coach? Yes. Okay, cool. We'll hire you because, man, we're just going to get ourselves a mini Belichick. How has that worked out? None of those guys have panned out. Ever. So you would think, you would think. Ever. You would think that the guy who made billions of dollars ever zagging when everybody else was zigging, turning distressed assets into lots and lots of money, that's one neat trick. And you made billions on it. That's not like you can't replicate that in the NFL. All right. So my question for David Tepper is, hey, man. I get it's your money, and I'm not going to fault you for lighting money on fire, but last time I checked, I thought you want a winning football team, not collecting the hot names that everybody else wants as though they're Pokemon. That's a problem, man. And when this starts being your MO, well, then you start getting associated with other NFL owners you do not want to be associated with. When David Tepper and Daniel Snyder are in the same sentence for non- uh, Football reasons, if you will, because you don't want all that mess that Daniel Snyder's... uh, Remember how you got the team, for heaven's sake. You don't want the Daniel Snyder stuff. When you're being mentioned in the same breath as Dan Snyder's MO of bringing in coaches and front office people or quarterbacks or whatever, man, that's not good. Not good. So hopefully somebody's going to... Somebody in his inner circle can tell him, dude, back off. Well, he finally has something in common with Jerry Richardson. Somebody called him Mr. Hmm. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Let's take a quick break. We'll check in with West Durham next.
More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click granger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done can't catch the live podcast the live youtube recording that we do in the afternoon radio's played out joe live youtube recordings that's what we're doing i like it i'm with it let's check in with west durham acc network espn joins us on the heaster automotive group hotline west what up man what about the app what about the uh, wrel app where i can watch on my roku device yeah man we're worldwide like that i know Watch the way us, I watch it. Watch the way us. I digest the show. I love to hear that. I absolutely love to hear yeah. that. You know what I digested last night? <laughs> NC State and Carolina find themselves yeah. in yet another intriguing matchup where it's a rarity these days. It's a rarity, but Carolina actually needs Saturday more than NC State does. Uh, Joe, in a unique set of circumstances, you are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Uh, NC State is 25 in the NCAA's evaluation tool. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina is 37. NC State would represent a quad one. Carolina needs those. They only have one. Miami, by the way, has five, and Clemson has four of those if you're measuring at home. Uh, So Carolina could use a – here we are again with talking about quad ones for Carolina. Right. Amazing. Well, well, it's also amazing, too, is if you you actually look at Carolina's record right now Mm -hmm. and and Carolina's record this time last year, it's the exact same. Right. Now, I don't know if that's that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's – and I guess that's the thing. Last year at this time, we understood there was a lot of context as to why Carolina was in the position that they were in, right? New head yeah. coach, you know, pieces trying to come together. That's not mm-hmm. what this season was supposed to be about. A preseason number one ranking, uh, national championship aspirations for real, not just, you know, catching mm-hmm. a heater and, and finding yourself in a championship game, except they find themselves right where they were. And the fear that I would have if I was a Carolina fan would be, you guys know you just can't turn that on again. Like, that's just the end. Your, your team's also not made up to do that sort of thing again as you're currently constructed and playing. Yeah, I think this is also speaking to the one thing that, in all honesty, in in my travel for basketball this year that I've heard the most, in that now we've lost the residual of college basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, we've lost the – and look, it's it's easy to pinpoint. It's called one and done. It's called the portal. It's, you know, some NIL thrown in there. It's, It's a lot of things. 
but and I'm sure you guys hear this from fans, you know, when you when you interact with them just like I do, you know, the long ardent college basketball fan and soon to be, by the way, the long ardent college football fan is adjusting to the landscape of it's a new roster every year. Well, this is directly impacting coaches. So as we talked about before, and I think this is worth mentioning now because of the way you presented this, every coach I think has to spend anywhere from six to 10 games to kind of sort out his or her, in the case of women's games, particular roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would also say that even when you're a veteran team like Carolina, right? Where you plug in Pete Nance and you think everything's just going to be fine. There is a difference. There is a difference in, in the landscape around it there. Now there shouldn't be as big a difference potentially at Carolina because of the returning pieces. Right. But that's not been the case. The four guys they brought back, certainly uh, Baycott's had to battle some injuries. Now Jalen Washington, I guess, has a foot injury sustained in the shoot around yesterday. Pete Nance in a lower back situation. So, um, the combinations and all the things that go into Carolina's efficiency. But realistically, I think it goes back to something, believe it or not, that sounds pretty simplistic in this. Carolina's got to guard people. Carolina's got to quit turning the ball over. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it comes back to two of the things that, ironically, we spent a lot of time talking about last year, that they have to sharpen up in the second half of the ACC schedule, for sure. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster All-In with Group Hotline. That's Joe Avias. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, we had one of the more predictable results last night, Wes, but I still want to give Wake Forest credit. Clemson pours it out for Duke over the weekend, a game that you called, and Clemson was impressive, okay? But it's hard Mm -hmm. to reload the musket, and it's hard to lose one of your guards and go on the road in this league, and Wake was absolutely ready for them. And I thought yeah. it was I thought it was a pretty good basketball game. And, and to Joe's, what Joe's been talking about all week, maybe there aren't great teams in the ACC, but I do think there's a bunch of good ones. And Wake Forest is yeah. one of them too. What do you What do you make of the Deeks after an unusual start to the season for them? I, I I like Wake Forest. I like the first ten teams in the ACC a lot. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think ten can beat one, and nine can beat two, and I think once we get past Wednesday. I think the quarterfinals on in Greensboro are going to be sensational, you know, just because of kind of what we have. Remember the sixth seed won the thing last year, right? In Virginia tech. But I think where we're headed with this is I think you're right about that, Julia. I think we have terrific competitive games in the ACC, but we don't have that star studded dominant team that people latch onto nationally. And I think that's one of the things the ACC is going to battle a little bit here in the month of February. Look, I, I watched Kansas State-Kansas last night. It was a great basketball game, right? I mean, it was a terrific basketball game. But, you know, is there anybody in the ACC that can can get Kansas? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe on a given night, but this league is not going to get its flowers nationally at this point. And it's something they're going to have to do in the month of February and certainly in the March with the number of teams they get in. The thing I'm concerned about is hoping that Wake Forest gets in. Here we go. I mean, there's 69 in the net today. That's a neighborhood you don't want to live in if you're Steve Forbes. That's why I thought last night was so important, to your point. I, I thought that would the first game was a lot closer than 20 points. And now they've split the season series, so if they end up tied somehow or another, we'll go to a tiebreaker. But I think Clemson's good. I think Wake's good. I, I watched Miami Monday night closely for the first time. I really enjoyed kind of 
the way they played. I thought Syracuse was pretty good, to be honest, Monday night at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited where this thing's going from a competitive standpoint because, you know, now that you don't rep a school, you like close games, right? And I think our number of five or less in overtime, which is right now at 33% in conference play, I think that number is going to go up a lot here in the next uh, next five weeks or so for sure. West Durham ACC Network joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Uh, let's flip over to football before we say goodbye. We don't have mm, the, we don't okay. have the ACC football schedule yet. I know you know when it comes no. out, right? January thirtieth. January thirtieth. Okay, but we do yep. we do have Notre Dame's schedule. Yeah, we do. And I can't help but notice that Sam Hartman, who transferred from Wake Forest, my gosh, to Notre Dame, how about this? is yeah. going to go on, I don't want to call it a revenge tour, but it's certainly a, oh, you thought you got rid of me tour. Maybe it's a herpes tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get rid of Sam Good. Hartman. Nice. Um, nice. So, yeah, we got we got Notre Dame's coming to NC State. They're coming to North Carolina. So these are two schools that are going. No, Duke. I'm sorry. They're coming to Duke? Mm-hmm. That's right, coming to Duke. They played Carolina like 80, games, 80 years this in a row. True. They this finally get a break from the heels. They're, they're, okay. Yeah, they're not playing Carolina anymore. They're okay. playing Duke. They're playing State. Uh, NC State. They're playing. Clemson. Wake yeah. Forest is going there. Yeah. Again, these are one of those things. It just seems it's it's kind of comical to me that the relationship that Notre Dame has with the ACC, and now that we're sure. getting into this new world of scheduling, it's, it's almost as if this is a Sam Hartman I ain't done with you yet tour. It could be yeah. interesting well, for Notre Dame. It it could be, and it also could be really interesting for Sam's because the, as you say, the I ain't done with you yet tour. Let me also say that there's some places he ain't done anything to bit there. Yet. This is true. This is true. I mean, you know, he's he's shown up in Raleigh a couple times, and I'm not wishing you will on the kid because I like him a lot. But I mean, it's not gone great when he's gone to Raleigh, if I recall. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean. Now, when he's in Winston-Salem in the friendly confines of BBT slash Truist Field, things have gone pretty well. But when he gets it on the road, sometimes it's been a little tricky. Um, Didn't even drop a grove in there. He just went straight to both corporate names. Look at you. If they're money, Julie, I figured I'd at least respect that. Um, let me let me offer this to you. Um, is he going to have A.T. Perry, Keyshawn Williams, or Surratt, or any of those cats that throw it to at South Bend? Because I didn't see many of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I saw the run game, but I didn't see a lot of ball catchers. They'll have a tight end. It won't be Mayer, but they'll have a tight end. They, they always do. They're going to run the mesh up at Notre Dame? <laughs> I think that's why he's there. Well, so they don't. I think it is why he's there. And, Julio, you make the great point here. The reason he chose Notre Dame is because Marcus Freeman's going to let him run pro-style offense. Yeah, yeah. And and he gets a chance to show his wares. You know, it's more along the lines of uh, Kenneth you know, Walker, even yeah, going yeah, up to Michigan Kenneth State. Walker, same thing. Yep. And I um, look, I I think he will do well at Notre Dame, but I haven't seen anybody he's throwing the ball to yet either. That's and that's fair. outside of and you mentioned the requisite Fighting Irish tight end. Um, outside of that, I'm sure they have guys that are candidates, but. They weren't exactly the kind of team that went, uh, you know, two by two and ran them the seams, if you know what I mean, last year. West Durham ACC Network. Now you're uh, you're up in Louisville right now, right? You're you're outside the Yum Center. I am uh, right across the street from the Yum Center for the uh, seven o'clock tilt tonight on ACC Network. Yes, thank you of uh, Pittsburgh, who is uh, right there where you want to be, fifty-seven in the net. 
it would be good not to fall to 333 in the net tonight and snap Louisville's 11-game ACC losing streak. Can you believe Louisville has lost 11 straight ACC games? I think Louisville, Florida State, and Notre Dame are going to beat a bunch of the teams at the top of the league, mm-hmm. and people are going to lose their mind over it. I'm already calling NC State's loss to Florida State right now. Um, and Stop people are going to lose. No, no, they're, Florida State is athletic, okay? Yeah, they are. And, and they're going to beat somebody down there. And people are going to be like, oh, my God, it's such a bad loss. It's Q4. And it's like, no, they're, they're an athletic team. They're a good team. But, their but record Joe. just stinks. Joe, there's 126 slots between Florida State and Louisville. Oh, I understand that part of it. I do. I do. Louisville's going to get somebody to They won't go winless. They won't go winless. 126, Joe. I know. I understand this. Louisville but they is won't tied go for third. Louisville's tied for third for the worst record in Division One basketball. Yeah, it, it's not a great start for Kenny Payne. It'll, it'll be a great story if he can turn this thing start. around by year three. My God. <laughs> I mean, look, even when Dennis Clifford was throwing the empty set up there at Boston College, they were winning seven or eight games. These cats have won two. Two. West Durham. ACC That's a lot Network, of brown man. liquor right. in Louisville, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Maybe next time we can talk about Georgia quarterbacks calling radio host medium well um, later. Yeah, that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, see you boys Saturday from the Smith Center. Bonner uh, and I get the, uh, you know, we'll be running some uh, Dudley Bradley, Al okay. Green, Nice. Uh, Look out, Whitney. Well, we'll, you know, we'll I'll, Chicky, Chicky Yonaker bumper shots for you for State I'll Carolina. See, I'll okay. see you in Chapel Hill. Julio has announced that he's too old to go to basketball games now. So I'll uh, I'll talk to you later, man. What? Yeah, he's too old apparently now. Can't he? Wow. He's just, he's just, he can't get out there. Kind of I'm funny. the one that turns 57 next week, Julia. Not you, man. Happy All birthday. Right. All right, Wes, we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Be Wes. well. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today. That's jimallen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.